Hello, Loose Lug Nation, and welcome to episode Tony Stewart, number 14 here. Um, the 14 also had some success with Fonty Flock, Jim Pascoe, Herschel McGriff, Bobby Allison, and Billy Myers. Uh, how about that for history there, Mark, who's joining me again? Hi, buddy. How you doing? Hey, I'll take Cuckoo Marlin. How's that one from way back when? That would be Sterling's father. He raced back in the day in the go. 14. Yep, that's a classic. There you go. Yep, yep. Cuckoo. Uh, doing well. How are you doing? How am I doing? I'm. Just, hey, I'm in the cockpit seat. I just got done racing uh, on iRacing. I was uh, trying to learn this super late. They came out with a uh, fixed series, and uh, and I finished on a lead lap out of a 100 lap or 100, uh, yeah, 100 lap race at Lanier. And, uh, hey, I finished uh, all 100 laps, so pretty cool. Well, my question was going to be how bad did you wreck, but it sounds like you you didn't. Um, there was a lot of incidents there. Um, that maybe <laughs> should they should do something like the Arca series and don't have no cautions. There was quite a bit. Um, but uh, learning how, I tried to race at Milwaukee, and uh, I was uh, surprisingly slow. So it's going to take some seat time to learn that car. It's uh, something that you just don't sit down in and go. You're going to have to learn it a little bit. So, yeah, good learning. Good learning tonight. So I got a ninth place. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting on for that series. I think it's something that you and I were uh, asking for for a while there, and iRacing got it this season. So I'm looking forward to hopping on in a super late and going around some bull rings. Yep, it's fun. But guess what? You ain't going to keep <laughs> everybody a lot of safety rating there. So. That uh, if you uh, want to protect your safety rating, that's probably not a place for you to go. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's get into it. We have a lot of stuff to cover today. So uh, all three series were at Miami Homestead Speedway. Uh, let's start with the trucks, even though they were technically the second race on uh, Friday, Saturday. Yes, yeah, Saturday night they ran. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that second race on Saturday, uh, stage one went to Ross Chastain. Stage two went to Kyle Busch, and the race went to Kyle Busch. Uh, second was Tyler Ingram. Third was Ross Chastain. Fourth was Chase Elliott. And Johnny Sauter comes home fifth. Our Wisconsin boys, as I just mentioned, was uh, Sauter was fifth. Majeski came home tenth. He had a clause way back into the top ten. That was a nice drive at the end for him. And Derek Krause, who had a fantastic night early, uh, finished 15th. So a uh, pretty good night there. Um, there were eight lead changes between six drivers, seven cautions for 34 laps, and the time of the race was one hour, 54 minute, and 23 seconds. Uh, what was notable for me was Kyle Busch dominated the second half of that race after having to start in the back of the field for a track bar tube that it connects, uh, connects to the track bar mount. There it was a truck that raced there last year and that part was legal back then. They didn't take it out. It, they claim it's not a, an advantage. They just forgot to take it out. They had to start in the back, but that did not hinder Kyle Busch at all. He ended up with a drive through penalty, didn't he? Because he almost, uh, he almost ended up a lap down. Uh, and he complained that he said any other driver went to got a penalty, but, since his name's Kyle Bush, they're picking on him. But he says, I don't care. I kicked their butt anyway. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, you can spot him almost three-quarters of a lap, and he'll still come back and dominate. Yeah, it's unbelievable how good he is and that team is. I mean, it's it's really second to none. And they had uh, Danny Stockman on NASCAR radio one of the nights as I was driving home. And uh, what a what a smart guy that is and a hard worker and – he was talking all about the truck and how he's been at Richard Childress racing goes to Kyle Busch and they say they have to put in more effort cause it's less teams, but they do just as good of a job, if not better down at that series. I mean, it's, it's really, really incredible. Yeah. Well, they've got it all together, but still Kyle said afterwards that they still have issues, you know, even though you dominate um, in house, they still have issues. So um, he didn't seem to be too happy. I don't know. Seemed like there was a lot on his mind. Um, I don't know. 
it seems like there's more going on there behind the scenes that he's not happy with. So I'm sure there's probably going to be some more changes behind the scenes at that team. Yeah. And you know, uh, that's nothing new for Kyle. It just seems like even though he, he has a dominant car, he's not happy with it. And, uh, Boy, it's almost hard to believe when he complains and he's uh, dominating the races. I mean, imagine if that car was to his liking. Uh, <laughs> hard to fathom. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, you know, early in that race, you know, on lap 21, there was that wreck between Zane Smith and Brett Moffat. I, those two trucks absolutely got tore up, and those were two big swings that got taken out of that race early in that truck race. Yep, I have that written down here as well, highlighted. Uh, Zane Smith almost looked like he got loose and overcorrected, and that was a big, big hit. Man, them trucks were tore up. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Brett Moffitt was really looking forward to getting back on his good ways there. It's a track that historically has been good for him, and he goes out somewhat early after contact with his teammate there. Yeah, that was uh, that was an incident. And then the other one that was really surprising through the night is when Sheldon Creed hit the sand barrels at the end of the wall and uh, smashed yeah. the heck out of uh, all of them, and he didn't hardly get any front-end damage out of it. Unbelievable. You figure um, be like the car when we saw James Swan when he hit the wall down in Milwaukee when he hit the barrels and the front end was just absolutely destroyed. But somehow with Sheldon Creed, I guess there's, uh, it's, they said there's 400 pounds uh, printed on those barrels. So there must be like 400 pounds of, I don't know if it's beach sand or what's in there, but it's soft enough to that uh, it didn't smash the front end of that truck. It, I was surprised by that. You know what it almost reminded me of? couple things there was remember chase elliott was it last year at the roval when he dove into turn one and hit the tires and had a little bit of damage but didn't damage it too much where typically you would think the car would be pretty pretty destroyed after that but in neither instance it was and then it made me think of the kurt bush incident where he lost that tire coming down to pit road and by losing that tire it almost shot the car to the left a little bit and he missed the barrels and he ended up winning the championship because of that yep he did win the championship back in the back in the day yeah the tire went one down the front stretch and uh and he just made it down the uh, pit road so yeah good memory there the thing that benefited him there too was the tire stayed on the track so it caused a caution as he was on pit road so couldn't have worked out any better for him didn't cause too much damage because uh, you know, you're driving there and you're worried about damage to the to the car because the tire's not there. And, uh, boy, it, it <laughs> unbelievable how that worked out. Yeah, but uh looks like everybody pretty much uh, held together in the, in the heat down there, racing at uh, night, you know, uh, dodged some storms down there. There was, there was storms in the area all weekend long. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it seems like everybody came away from uh, Homestead halfway decent. Yeah, those were two things we were worried about going into the weekend was how is everyone going to hold up in the heat and also the weather down there because this is the time of year where there's just pop-up showers all the time down there with the heat. And, uh, yep, Saturday Saturday night was uh, was a good one as they dodged both of those and everyone stayed well. And, um, yeah, it was a pretty good race. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Derek Krause deserved better than a 15th place finish. He He had a – he had a better uh, race that, that was going on there. He just faded at the end, and it was too bad for him. Yeah, Ty, Ty Majeski, uh he scratched and clawed and got himself a top 10. So, um, all in all, good good, good race. And, uh, um, yeah, they're off this week, so that gives them a week to uh, recoup. Yeah, Derek Krause was in the top three at one point and really hung around the top five for a lot of that race, it seemed like, and – just faded at the end there. I don't know if they had a problem or, or what exactly happened there, but got shuffled back to 15th and uh, they should hold their, hold their head high there because they had a, they had a great night. Well, they're getting seat time. And then, then that's valuable for all them rookies. Got to have it. Absolutely. A nice run by Tyler Ankrum as well, who ended up finishing second a guy who made it into deep into the playoffs last year and a guy who, uh, made the move over to 
GMS Racing from DGR Crosley, and he had a he had a great night finishing second behind Kyle Busch. You know, you almost got to think if you finish second between Kyle behind Kyle, that's a that's a win. Yeah, absolutely. I was so surprised all of a sudden that he was up there and he ended up with a finish. So yeah, good run for him. Yeah. Uh, the, the next race then for the uh, Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series is at Pocono on June 27th. So they got a, they got a week off here. wonder if some boys will come up and race around the Wisconsin area. I've uh, been looking. I haven't seen nothing. Some uh, people are shaking cars down at Slingers for the Nationals and uh, just wondering if somebody might just show up on Sunday night. I'm kind of keeping my eyes open my ears open listening to see if anybody's going to come up and run some laps at Slinger Sunday night. I was wondering that myself. Yeah. You saw some cars down there at Slinger, uh, Casey Johnson driving the apex motorsports 47. He was pretty dominant down there. It seemed like, so yeah, you saw some cars down there, extra cars down there, which was great. You always see that a few weeks before the nationals and boy, that's coming up quick itself. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, coming up. You know, we'll talk about the local stuff here in a little bit. So let's, uh, yeah, let's go to the uh, Xfinity Series. They had a couple good races this weekend, too. Yeah, so they raced first off Saturday afternoon, and uh, Stage 1 ended up going to Ryan Sieg. Stage 2 was Noah Gregson, and the race went to Harrison Burton. Austin Sandrick was second, Noah Gregson third. Anthony Alfredo with a fourth, and Dale Jr. finishes fifth. I tell you what, the late caution really hurt Noah Gregson and, and Dale Jr. I mean, they were running one-two. Gregson was the dominant car the whole the, the race, and that late caution comes out and uh, didn't do him any favors. You know, and uh, he did a really super good job, uh, Noah, of uh, being respectful and uh, for his interview, um, seemed very well, uh, um, acted like an adult, you know, and, and thanked the sponsors and was thankful. And he had the best interview, you know, that that's a tough situation when you dominate and you have a 12 second lead and uh, it all went away. <laughs> uh, too bad, you know, and the side of his car was, uh, you know, even though he had that great big lead, he never let up and he was still bouncing it off the wall. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, too bad for him. Um, what was really amazing about that race is that uh, Chase Briscoe started out uh, six laps down and he got them all back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had mentioned that on social media. I couldn't believe. Went down six laps. He lost ballast early. Huge, huge penalty there. He loses his crew chief and some other crew members for four races. Goes six laps down, and I was watching early. And okay, he picked up one. He picked us, and he picked up two. And I thought, well, if he could keep doing it at that pace, he has a shot of at least getting back on the lead lap. And sure enough, just kept clicking them off, getting them back, getting them back. Finishes seventh. I mean, six laps down to finish seventh. How? <laughs> yeah, how? That was a Hell of a run, but he was the fastest car. He, there was no doubt about that, but it played out just right for him. You know, the cautions came at the right time. And at sometimes he was, you know, you know, the first car to lap down and he got lapped back and, and uh, boy, if the caution would have came out at the right time before he had to, uh, to pit, he, uh, <laughs> he could have won that race. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Dominic car really the whole weekend. Um, just wasn't able to show it Saturday afternoon because of that uh, penalty there and to add the weight back. But um, there was uh, 18 lead changes. So that's a bunch of between seven drivers, five cautions for 25 laps. And the time of the race was two hours, six minutes and 34 seconds. Um, we mentioned uh, Anthony Alfredo finished fourth. Um, one of the nicer guys too, that, that you meet, talk to, see on social media platforms, really gets interactive with the fans and all that. So a great, great night for him. You and I have talked about him over the last couple of months. He was really hot and heavy on iRacing and couldn't catch a break there for a while. He ends up winning a Saturday night thunder late and, uh, what a, what a race for that team. Uh, he, re he really needed that, and it's good to see one of the good guys uh, finish good there. Yeah, we got a top four, top four out of that. And then um, what really made that race was that uh, um, the Dale Earnhardt cars, you know, um, 
they JR JR Motorsports, they didn't have no uh, short run. You know, if it was a long and long run, those cars were were set up to run. But just on a short run, and yep, and and Junior, he even knew that uh, that he wasn't going to uh, have the short run speed. But uh, you know, not racing for very long, um, for a long time. Dale Earnhardt Junior got a top five, uh, amazing run. Um, sounds like that after he was done his interview. Uh, I wonder if he's going to hang it up. We'll see. Um, would have been <laughs> if he would have won that race. I'm sure he would have picked another track to go to, but. Um, he said he was very rusty. Yeah, you know, um, obviously I was a big fan of his and still am. And really he deserved that second place finish, but the caution comes out and the, the short run hurt them and finishes fifth and might be his last time. I knew it was probably coming at some point. You know, you start thinking about these guys that are running these part-time schedules like that. And you almost wonder, what if they raced a full, full season? You know, it just shows the guy has been out of the car for a year and goes out and should have finished top two, but finishes in the top five. I don't care if it's truck Xfinity cup. It's all great talent. It just shows what type of a driver and the talent that Dale junior has. Yeah, absolutely. No practice, you know, just get in the car. Haven't been in the car for so long. And, uh, get into a, you know, and it's hot, you know, it was, he said it was uncomfortable in the middle of the race and uh, he had to pull out a top five uh, hats off to Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> good, good job. Yeah, absolutely. And we should touch on the the winner a little more too. Harrison Burton, another good guy racing, clawing his way through the top ranks here. Um, had that tough year last year, but he already has some wins in the Xfinity series. And it just seems like, uh, this 20 team in the Xfinity series has, has it going on, but it also looks like Burton's really catching on to the Xfinity car more than he did the truck. Yep. I was going to say the same thing. Let's give some love to the, to the winner there. He and uh, Austin, Austin Sendrick and Gregson, that final, you know, they, when they crossed the white flag, all three were sighted, you know, there was three wide going in and uh, Hey, uh, Harrison Burton, he, uh, you didn't hear from him much all day. He hung around and, uh, Yep, you know when it uh, was on the line, he uh, he snapped it. He got it. Um, good, good race. That was a good race all the way around. Absolutely, absolutely. Boy, does the uh, kid remind you a little bit of the dad, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> apple don't fall far from the tree, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, they weren't done for the weekend, so they go into Sunday morning and have a race. Um, so the second race there, let me uh, know if this sounds familiar. Stage one, Ryan Sieg. Stage two, Noah Gregson. And the race goes to Chase Briscoe this time. Brandon Jones second, Ross Chastain third. A.J. Allmendinger finishes fourth and takes the $100,000 prize, the Dash for Cash prize from Xfinity. Noah Gregson finishes fifth. Um, late caution again for Noah Gregson. Um, yeah, they said he didn't, he absolutely took that one a little bit tougher, um, dominating the race and then, uh, and then d didn't get the result that he wanted. And he said he was very quiet on the radio. I think that one hurt a lot worse than on, than, than the one on Saturday. Well, and I gotta think, um, having it happen twice to you just adds a little bit more frustration and all that to, to the end of the day there. Yeah, yeah, he had his he had his hands on a hundred thousand dollars there for a little bit, and that all went away during the weekend. So, yeah, that was not only losing the races, but he lost a lot of money too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, how about Greg Zeppadelli? He climbs back onto the pit box. Of course, he was the longtime crew chief for Tony Stewart. He is big in Stewart Haas racing now, and he hops on the pit box because. Chase Briscoe had that penalty from the ballast losing out the night before. And uh, he gets a win there. And what was cool was I saw his family posting on social media that his kids were, one of his kids were too young to really remember that he was with Tony Stewart and having a lot of success and saw his last win. But uh, remember, we'll remember this one. So that was kind of a cool story from the weekend as well. Yeah, it was zippy. Yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah, when he was teamed up with Tony Stewart back in the day, that was a tough team back then. Well, no doubt, no mm-hmm. doubt. Um, everywhere they went together, it was uh, was good stuff. Um, how about that big crash for Daniel Hemrick, who there's a guy that can't, can't catch a break either. Oh, he was wrong place, wrong time. And, yeah, all four tires came off the ground when he, he hit the wall a ton. Um, uh, thank goodness for soft walls there. You know, it's got that yeah. little divot that's there. Um, that reminds me of one Denny Hamlin at Vegas um, when he broke his back, when he hit hit a, a little divot there, and then all of a sudden it flies up and the tires come off the ground. I saw that divot there, and it kind of like, ooh, you know, that's just a nasty wreck. That car was really crushed, and good thing you walked away from that. So thank God for soft walls, yeah, huh? That- Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that Denny Hamlin that you're uh, referring to was actually at Fontana coming out of turn four where Kyle Busch ended up having them both both on the outside there. Yes. Yep, I got mixed up with Vegas there. You're right. That was California. Yep. Yeah, Fontana. And, yep, I thought the same thing. Very eerily similar. I don't don't know the reason behind having the lip there, if it's just the lay of the land or whatever, but I don't really care for that because – you get the car going, and all of a sudden, it's almost like a two jarring hits in a row. Yeah, quick. It's and, like uh, the car. The car loses uh, grip. You know, there's. It's not really touching the ground. It's more airborne. You know, and so it's. Uh, it's just. I. I think it would be just a lot more harder of a hit when you're flying through the air instead of having your tires on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, I wonder if they'll look at that. Obviously, they've got everything going with a fine tooth comb on safety uh, always, especially after the Ryan Newman incident. So I got to think looking at some of these layouts, I don't know if they can grind that down, if it's as easy as that, but I think they, they got to look at that because that can, uh, that can be real trouble someday. Yeah. Hey, what's up with this ballast stuff? All right. You know, it's just like in, in football there, you know, there's, there's trends, you know, all of a sudden they were like, everyone, some guy gets a hamstring, everybody gets a hamstring. Uh, baseball, uh, you know, somebody blows a shoulder out and, uh, you know, it gets an ACL or whatever, ACL injuries. And then also a whole bunch of this year, it's ballast. All of a sudden, uh, I have seen three incidents this year, once out at the practice out at Kakana, and then there's been two in uh, in racing that people are dropping their <laughs> dropping their weight off uh, on the racetrack, which is uh, rather dangerous, and, and uh, their penalties are – Penalties are rather uh, stiff once when uh, something like that happens. Oh, absolutely, and they should be because they're lucky it's happened when it has during the pace laps because if that happens at speed, that's, uh, that is a big, big, big issue and safety concern. And I, I thank God that it happened when it did so far, but – they got to start looking at that a little better across the board because that could easily happen during a race and uh, that's going to cause some major damage and can be big, big safety issue. So I hope they really start looking at that a little closer. Yeah, but it's a trend. All of a sudden it just never runs. So now it, it seems like it happens once. Now it's happening a few times. It's just kind of strange. It's a head scratcher. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I would think, you know, oh, maybe the not having practice, but you never really heard about it too many times when they did have practice. So I don't know what the deal is there, but, yeah, the team's got to really, really clamp down on that. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm sure there were uh, 20 lead changes during that race between eight drivers, six cautions for 28 laps, and the time of the race was two hours, 15 minutes and 52 seconds from the weekend. There was three penalties in the Xfinity series. Um, the 11 of Justin Haley, the 26 of Colin Garrett and the 19 of Brandon Jones each had one loose lug. Yeah. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. There was a whole <laughs> bunch of them this weekend. Wow. Yeah. Ch- Chastain had one in the truck series. I don't know if we mentioned that, but yep. So there was three in the Xfinity series from the weekend. Yeah, so, yep, the lug nuts just keep going on and on. And the penalties just keep right on going, too, right along with it. <laughs> right, yep, yep. And the crew chief gets it, um, and he has, he has no control of it, but they, they find him. 
So I'm sure that yeah. he gets kind of upset with his team and uh, real cranky, I bet you, on Monday mornings. <laughs> yeah, I almost wonder if the teams have that in the contract somewhere where they take care of it or something happens there. Um, I had heard some stuff over the years that that might be the case, but haven't found out in, uh, definitely yet, but I would think there's something in there that the team ends up paying it. Oh, yeah. Like, go out back and give me 20, you know. Give me 20 and get out and give me push-ups and all this. <laughs> make it make it like military style, you know. Get them up out on a grinder and make them sweat it out on a hot summer day or something. Make Punish them that way. Get them back and shoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe that's yeah. what they would do. Uh, Not only do, does the team actually pay the fine, but then the team, <laughs> the crew actually pays for it by doing extra stuff. Yeah, probably. That's probably how they do it to keep them in shape. So they just kind of, uh, you know, mash them a little bit more. So <laughs> I would think that's probably what goes on. But still, the crew chief's going to be cranky because he's the one that's being uh, pointed out as uh, as the, the wrongdoer. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, he is responsible for the crew. So if the crew, I mean, it's just like any job. If someone makes a mistake, the boss gets a little chewing too. So I, I get it. It's not necessarily his fault, but he is responsible for it. So um, I'm sure like if it's like Brandon Jones case, um, I'm sure the crew chief doesn't actually pay the fine. It's probably the team, but uh, we'll try to find that out at some point through uh, through some sources here. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting stuff there. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we still had a cup race coming on Sunday. How uh, how cool was it to have two races on Sunday? Yeah, I liked that a lot. Um, there was so much racing and so much going on with what I was doing from camping and supporting local racing down at Slinger and and uh, working this week and everything. So it's it, uh, any chance I had, the, uh, the recorder was going and I was catching up on racing. So it took a little bit of uh, time to uh, get caught up with all the four races. So, yeah, there's no shortage of racing around here. It's probably a good thing that maybe they have a Wednesday off to to recoup here in the middle of the week so that they can get ready for Talladega. Yeah, and, you know, uh, speaking of the midweek races here, I was uh, my wife was talking to her mom just a little bit ago, my mother-in-law, and uh, – she was like, hey, is there, there a race on tonight? So uh, it's getting people watching during the midweek. I think uh, people are really enjoying it, and I know you and I are. Yeah, and now they uh, announced that the Bristol is going to be the all-star race in the middle of July, yeah. and that's going to be on yep. that's gonna be on a Wednesday night. So the all-star race got, gets moved to Bristol, and I like that a lot. No points, no, yep. no points, just money at Bristol. Oh, my. <laughs> well, just – Bring your helmet and your steering wheel back, and who knows what's, what else will be left over. Yeah, I saw that, and I, w- I immediately posted on social media, yes, because that is going to be spectacular just for the reasons you just pointed out. Uh, money on the line, no points, and boys going at it. I mean, that is going to be a heck of a show. I'm looking forward to that. Yep, on a Wednesday night of all things. So, yeah, that'll be a highlight on the sports reel for sure. Absolutely. And they're talking about maybe 30,000 fans there too, tentatively. So yep. yeah, that, uh, that could happen. Yep. The crowds are starting to going to start coming back pretty, pretty soon. They got 5,000 this week coming in. So, um, so slowly they're bringing the crowds back. Yeah. They're actually going to have 5,000 plus VIP as we mentioned last podcast. So yeah, there'll be, uh, there'll be some fans there at least. Uh, you might see them a little bit during the race. It's a big place, though, so they're going to be spread out. Yeah, at Homestead, they were sprinkled everywhere, and boy, did they have a long day. Holy smokes, you go five laps, and then uh, then there's lightning bolts flying all over the place, and then and then get back out yeah. there, and then go a few more laps, and then well, more lightning, and, and I understand the lightning thing. You kind of can't have everybody sitting out in the open like that, and Florida, Florida's nasty, nasty lightning down there, you know, and that uh, TV doesn't give that justice of how black that cloud was. And uh, I mean, it was, it was dumping, it, it didn't hit the racetrack, you know, it, the track stayed dry, but the lightning bolts were flying around, but that made for a long day for them, uh, for them veterans that were sitting around uh, that were invited to be at the race. <laughs> so, 
You remember a long yeah, day you know like when you were in St. Louis when you were down there. You remember a long day yeah. like that, same kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were at the track at 9 in the morning, and we didn't leave till 1 in the morning the next the next morning. Um, awesome. A little rain shower pad during the USAC uh, race. Um, or the silver crown, excuse me, silver crown and, um, delayed the truck race. They actually moved the super late model race, uh, back, but it was like 95 degrees, hundred percent humidity. I mean, it was, that was, uh, that was an exhausting day, but, uh, yeah, same thing that they're dealing with down in Florida. And, you know, the thing that about the lightning clock and the reason they're doing that is I forget if it was Michigan or Pocono where someone got injured as they were leaving the race because a lightning bolt uh, struck out in the parking lot. So NASCAR got, I mean, people got hurt, maybe even passed away and NASCAR got hit big with that. So they have a responsibility to keep everyone safe. So that's why you see the 30 minute clock. Yes. It was very frustrating to see them get in their cars, get out, get them in the cars, get out. But at the end of the day, they have to do that. Yeah, one lightning bolt is one too many if it strikes somebody or, you know. So yeah, they got it. They're they're responsible. That that's their show. So they they should be responsible for it. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's get into the action. You mentioned they had a stop go stop go a couple times. Um, well, let's just say it like this: Denny Hamlin dominates. I mean, stage one, stage two, and the race clean sweep for him. Um, Denny Hamlin wins, Chase Elliott second, Ryan Blaney third, Tyler Reddick fourth, and Kyle Busch fifth. Boy, the RCR had a great day. Tyler Reddick finishing fourth, Austin Dillon seventh, and uh, Tyler Reddick's fellow rookie, Christopher Bell, eighth. So it was uh, it was good to see some of those new guys up there mixing up. Tyler Reddick was very strong all night. Denny Hamlin obviously dominated. It was really a really a four-car kind of show there. Hamlin, Chase, Blaney, and, and Reddick were all up in a tight-knit group for most of the race. Yeah, most of the race. That's the ones you all saw. Um, you know, you, you figured Truex would go up there and mix it up. Uh, I thought Logano was going to be a factor. Um, he uh, fell off real much, uh, but he uh, he showed that, his, uh, that he's still not uh, happy with uh, Chase Elliott. And... Uh, you know, race me like I want to race you. Um, I, I really didn't care for that. But, uh, yeah, it was just those top five. Tyler Reddick, he, uh, he shows once again how he can get around Homestead. Uh, you know, Kyle Busch, you know, he was there, but not a factor. And, uh, yeah, you see them big-name drivers that you figured that they would do really well there, and they uh, struggled. But uh, yeah, Denny Hamlin, there was uh, there was no stopping him. He was the dominant car for the day. So let's talk about the twenty-two for a little bit. And before we get into the incident, Joey and Kevin Harvick, which you thought would be players in it, and and were early, they had damage, so they they fell fell down uh, midway through the race and just just had too much damage to recover. Um, so in your mind, do you think uh, Joey? intentionally blocked Chase Elliott or just kind of did his own thing and didn't care that Chase was trying to get by? Well, I think he was trying to be a pain in the rear to uh, Chase Elliott. It was on still on the back of his mind. And, and this is going to go on for a while. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a feud going on there, you know, so there's uh, on Joey's side, there's still sour grapes going on there. So yeah, I thought he made it difficult for Chase. So this was my opinion on it. Um, a lot of people are thinking that Joey blocked Chase um, doing all that. I, I'm not going to say that he didn't, but I also think that Joey was running his own race. He didn't want to go another lap down, even though it was getting late. I think he, that would have been his second lap he got down. But, you know, if you get a caution, all of a sudden you're back on the lead lap, and who knows if you can pick off a few more spots. Um, I don't think he was going to give Chase any extra room. But I also, you know, there's history between him and Hamlin, too. So did he block Chase to let Hamlin by? I find that a little hard to believe. I just think he wasn't going to give extra room to Chase. And honestly, I don't think he would have gave too much extra room to Denny Hamlin either. So I think he was just running his own line, and it just happened that Chase came up on him, and it stalled out Chase Elliott a little bit, and Hamlin was able to get by. 
You know, Joe Joey's got ins he's he's also got uh, against his own teammate Brad Keselowski. So it's he doesn't pick favorites. He uh he uh locks horns with uh, all kinds of drivers. But uh yeah, what comes around goes around. Um it was part of, it was part of the story. It was sure it was a lot of green flag racing there. So um, you know, out of the thirty eight cars that raced there, thirty seven finished. You know, they were still running at the end, so that's uh rather impressive. Yeah, and you know, uh, now that I just remember this, there was an incident early in the race where Joey got behind Chase and really pushed him and made Chase get pretty out of shape there, almost spun out. Um, that was uh, that was a little interesting too. So, yeah, so there's still sour grapes going on there, and we'll see how that goes once when it gets to be playoff time. Um, <laughs> we'll see where that we'll see where that ends up down the road. You know, race car drivers are like elephants; they will not forget. Yeah. Well, and you know, and Chase has a few now with, uh, he feels like he owes Kyle Busch one. He knows he, he got up into Joey. So Joey feels like he owes him one. Um, how does Joey feel about it after, uh, pushing him down the straightaway, almost turning him and not giving him any extra room to this night? Does that ease the pain a little bit? Who knows? Um, but, uh, you know, it's good for NASCAR. It's good for us to talk about, you know, there's feuding going on. Not everyone's going to get along. And it makes the news and makes uh, for interesting moments. You know, you're sitting there watching the race and, oh, Chase is coming up on Joy. What's going to happen here? It just makes you watch a little more intensely. Yeah, we don't like it vanilla, do we? No, no. Um, so I don't know. Well, first off, Chase Elliott was leading and got passed with 30 to go coming to 29 to go um, by Denny Hamlin. And then he also hit the wall late because he was going to give Hamlin a little bit of a run for his money. I don't know if he could have got by him, but he was catching him. They're kind of yo-yoing, going back and forth there. But he hit the wall late, and that was the end of that run, and Hamlin ended up taking it. Um, I don't know if you saw this at all, but Tyler Reddick forgot there was one more lap. He, he thought the white flag was the end of the race and actually let up. I, I and there's – there's a video out there with the crew chief and the spotter giving it to him. And as they're coming out of like through the middle of one and two, Tyler saying, Hey guys, thanks for a great car. And Austin, you just see Blaney take off. Cause he was catching Blaney. Awesome. Blaney takes takes off and the spotters yelling, go, go, go. And uh, he forgot there was one more last often. He, uh, he put it in the gear and as still stayed fourth, but, the, the crew chief, the spotter was really upset with that. And uh, the crew chief was thankful that he did a good job and didn't lose a, lose a spot there. But the spotter, I think it's Derek Neeland who used to spot for Kyle Larson. Um, he, uh, he's not too happy about that. Well, maybe there was a lack of communication there, you know, drivers in that heat all day, pounding away, um, you know, fatigued. I guess uh, maybe they should step up their communication a little bit to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, they probably maybe dropped the ball on that. So they probably had to talk about that uh, on Monday morning also. Yeah. And, and, you know, from, you only get a clip of the communication, but Derek clearly said white flag here. And uh, so I don't know if Tyler missed it or, or what happened, but yeah. uh, at least he still finished fourth, had a great day, as we previously mentioned, been impressive the whole year. Um, but just kind of funny. There was a lot of jabs going back between NASCAR chasm and Tyler Reddick and fans and, and all of that. So it was, uh, it was, I was laughing my butt off on Monday when I saw that and saw the comments of them going back and forth. You know, Mark Martin did that once on a, at a race yep. in Bristol and thought it was over and he went, he went in the pits and, <laughs> and there was still a lap to go and he gave a victory away in an Xfinity race or Bush race back in the day. So even the best, even the best can have a brain fart, you know, here, here, there. So, but uh, yeah, it's a long, grueling day and uh, maybe let his guard down. But uh, no, I did not see that, but uh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to, you have to go check that out and go watch some of the comments. Pretty funny. Mm -hmm. um, there were 18 lead changes between seven drivers, six cautions for 27 laps. And the time of the race was three hours, eight minutes, and six seconds. Two penalties from the Cup Series, the 42 of Matt Kenseth and the 19 of Arn Truex Jr. 
Loose lug. Get out. Shut the front <laughs> door. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they, they truly are everywhere. You are right about that, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, let's get back here a little bit. Uh, forgot to mention the Xfinity race. They are coming up on Saturday at 4.30 Central Time on FS1. And the cup race is on Sunday. Uh, I looked at the weather. It's going to be low 90s, but the weather looks decent. I don't see too much for showers at this time. It's it's early, but uh, the low 90s. And I remember when I went to Talladega, it uh, sprinkled out about 15 minutes before the race, and it was 92 degrees with 98% humidity. And uh, people left that race halfway through because they couldn't take the heat. Um, it's like sitting at a Packer game when it's 20 below. Well, it's a, just the same down there. That It was just so ungodly hot down there. And, uh, you know, with the low 90s, that, make, that brings back a memory saying, you know, it's going to be intensely hot down there, down south. So, um, yeah, hopefully uh, everybody comes out all right on that. So you had an experience kind of like our St. Louis trip there. Um, yeah, boy, it's, it's a long day sitting sitting there. Now imagine driving one of those things for hours where it's about 40 degrees hotter. Well, we tailgated in the parking lot, and we actually put burgers on the grill and then sat in the air conditioning in the, in the uh, rental van. And then uh, <laughs> and guess what? I ended up I, – I volunteered to stay sober. And I ended up driving all the way back to Louisville, Kentucky that night. And everybody that I was with pretty much slept all the way on the way home from the long weekend. And somehow I drove like 400 miles after being in the heat all day and drove all the way up to Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, I look back at that and say, how did I do that? First off, how did I stay sober? <laughs> but uh, I, had a blow, I, had, I had a blowout for the Xfinity or the Bush race on Saturday. And everybody took care of me then. And then Sunday, I, I uh, volunteered to be a designated driver. And I did, I did my share. So I did, did good there. So, But I still remember that it was probably the hottest time in my life. It was so hot. And uh, hopefully they don't deal with the humidity down there at Talladega this weekend. Yeah, yeah, let's hope not. We were worried about the heat last weekend, but could uh, could be a factor again this weekend. So let's hope everyone stays safe as always, and hopefully it doesn't get too bad down there. Yeah, so they got some new rules uh, the, you know, with the, uh, the Newman rule that they're going to be implementing with all these uh, – Yep. Um, fixtures on these cars now because we're racing at Talladega this weekend. Yep, and we talked about that uh, a little bit in a previous podcast. So um, if you're curious about that, go go and find that one. We'll try to uh, post which episode that was in, but we did talk about that. There's some new airflow things, a new bar um, by the driver, and uh, some other some other things there, but definitely improving after going through Newman's car after that horrific incident at the Daytona 500. Yeah, well, they keep implementing safety, you know, and uh, I guess they took uh, they took what 30, 30 horsepower away from the car this weekend. Also, uh, they're slowing them down a little bit, just so they're going to lose about ten miles an hour. Um, so that was something that was implemented earlier this week. Um, they're just going to try to try to keep them on the ground. Um, once when you go and nose into a wall and then somebody hits you, you're still not going to stop a car from uh, um, flying through the air, I, I believe. So, yeah, they're taking 35 to 40 horsepower away uh, this weekend down there. Yeah, I mean, and you get in the draft, so you're still probably talking high 190s, maybe even 200. So you're right. You know, if there's just going to be those those incidents where you get hit in the wrong place at the wrong time and it's going to happen, uh, they're trying to minimize it. So uh, got to applaud NASCAR for really looking at all the stuff at, at a constant thing and really all the motorsports. They're looking at things just just constantly and trying to make things safer. Well, yep, it'll always be that way. You can always improve somewhere, some way. And yep, they keep working at it. And that's, uh, uh, give them credit. That's what they're supposed to be doing. 
yeah, and you know, you talk about Ryan Newman. He's been in so many of these big incidents that the whole car is eventually going to be called the Newman car because there's so many extra bars and parts because of the unfortunate incidents he's been in. I mean, man, just uh, lucky every every time he's gotten out of the car, but he's had some big, big crashes. Well, how many cars has he had on his windshield? You know, <laughs> he's he's had more cars flop on top of his car. You know, so, yeah, he's always had some bad incidents, but then Daytona, well, then uh, that was on him. So, um, hopefully not this weekend. How's that? Yeah. You no know, his one? engineering, no big one. Yeah, Let, no let's big have one. A, let's, uh, let's have a race with a no big one for once. You know, they're always it's always happens, and 90% of the people watch that. I'd rather see the whole pack go for it and – you know, I seen one one race down there where they went uh, they went the whole race and there was no caution. And once again, Mark Martin won that race down there at Talladega. Yeah, I remember a time where a lot of the cars were still back. I can't remember if some of them had damage or not, but there was a ton of cars in it. You thought it was coming. You thought it was coming. You thought it was coming, and it never came. Um, somewhere in the mid two thousands, maybe early late 2000 early teens somewhere in that time frame um but yeah usually the big one does come unfortunately and just gotta hope everyone stays safe and it's really smart out there yeah that's talladega though <laughs> it's exciting stuff yeah yeah yep. um so we have some more news uh some unfortunate here uh dale jarrett has tested positive for covid19 um, that was just announced today, so hopefully uh, he's doing all right. Sounds like he just has mild symptoms. He was uh, interviewing Dale Jr. after he was announced for the Hall of Fame, which we'll get in here uh, in a little bit here. But uh, So Dale Jarrett, positive. Uh, sounds like he's doing all right for now, but hopefully uh, continues to get better. Yep, yeah, you're right. They said it was just a mild case, but he's quarantined, so, so hopefully he takes care of himself there, you yep. know. Uh, we touched on the Bristol um, All-Star Race, so it got switched from Charlotte going to Bristol on a Wednesday night. They're also talking about number placement for this race and trying something different. I've heard a couple of ideas of putting it on the uh, rear quarter panel, or they're talking about right before the wheel, so the back side of the door. Um, I'll start with my opinion first, I guess. I think you could probably do the rear quarter panel and get away with it. Potentially the right before the wheel at the back end of the door. I don't see that working. I don't think that'll fly. Well, once they do that, it opens up the door so that the sponsor can get uh, uh, more exposure. So it's bigger. So you'll be able to see the sponsorship. So I'm sure that the sponsors have some say so on that. Um, I looked at it, uh, the one that's uh, in front of the wheel well, and I just like, okay, I, yeah, whatever. I just like, okay, it takes a little bit to get used to, but if they do it and, and everybody does it, it'll change and, and everybody will get on board. So yeah, they can do whatever they want with that. Yeah, I, I personally like if you're going to change it and get the sponsor X exposure because you're exactly right with that. That's what it does, and it it's okay. Actually, um, Harrison Burton, when he was in the K&N series, he ran a car with that with the uh, number on the uh, quarter panel, rear quarter panel, and it looked okay. It looked okay, but you're, the wheel one, it's going to take – Right before the wheel well, it's going to take some time to get used to if they do something like that. I just prefer if they're going to change it, get it to the quarter panel, let the sponsor have the whole door. But uh, we'll see what they happen there. It sounds like they're leaning towards doing the one right before the wheel. So we'll see. Uh, more news to come on that. Yeah, and then we're going to have to buy more die-cast cars because they're all going to look different again. So, you know. <laughs> So on and on, you know, there's a ripple effect that happens with all of that. So, Yep, <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, so the Hall of Fame was announced, the 2021 Hall of Fame. Uh, three inductees, two from the um, current generation and one uh, from a little older. Um, 
Mike Stefanik was named. Uh, some stuff about him. He has nine championships, uh, leading one of the leaders in the clubhouse as far as that. Great modified driver. Um, just an excellent, excellent wheelman. Um, Red Farmer gets in as the older group. He has north of 700 wins, part of the Alabama gang. Um, and Mark, we always get a kick, uh, kick out of talking about Red Farmer because we met him down at the Snowball Derby. And, uh, man, he's still going full throttle. And that's exactly what I said. How are you doing, Red? Full throttle. And he's he's still going. I think he'll turn, I think I heard, 88, I believe, yep. this year. Yep, he's 87, and he's still driving. He's still giving it. And he looks good. Yeah, still running. He looks good. Yep, absolutely. So uh, great, uh, great for those two. And then if uh, Dale Jr. was the third one that was announced from the current generation, um, well deserved for all three. Dale Jr. Um, continues to contribute. You know, he has the two Xfinity championships, um, 26 Cup Series wins, a couple of big ones at Daytona, two Daytona 500s. Um, continues to put cars and exposure to the sport in the Xfinity series, continues to fuel the sport that way and get some guys to the cup series. So uh, well-deserved for all three. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was other names that are out there. Um, yeah, those three are there. It's a, it's a good thing that they're starting to slow down on some of these because uh, for a while there they were putting five in and then, and then probably – one of the classic ones was getting in there, so eventually you're gonna you're gonna run out of <laughs> you're gonna run out of people if you keep stuffing it. But uh, uh, too bad that uh, Stefanik is not gonna be, you know, uh, won't be there to accept it because he passed away. Um, a lot of people says, well, these older people, you need to get them in there while they can still uh, still be here to enjoy it. So um, that's just some of their. Uh, um, comments that's on there, you know. Other people that's uh, that, that are there that are ready to get in is Neil Bonnet and Jeff Jeff Burton, Carl Edwards, Harry Gant. Um, those are some big names. Uh, I've always wanted Ricky Rudd in. Um, I, I I believe Ricky Rudd will get in next year. I really do. Um, you know, and then they got the pioneers with Jake Elder and Banjo Matthews, Herschel McGriff. You know, he raced forever and ever. Ralph Moody, you know, there's another one for, yep. for for uh, for the radio and stuff like that. So, so there's still some names out there, um, and we'll we'll see where it goes. So, yeah, congratulations to the three that got put in. Um, there's a fourth one that got put in. He's uh, he was from uh, Winston, you know, to to yeah. market his uh, Winston cigarettes back in the day, and that was huge. Uh, you know, Winston, I still think was the best sponsor that NASCAR ever had. Yeah, the uh, he got the landmark award, so he goes in. Uh, Ralph, um, Ralph yeah, Seagraves. There you go, Seagraves. Um, yeah. he, he was huge in implementing R.J. Reynolds and Winston into uh, the series. And, you know, um, it started with I, – I can't remember if it was Junior Johnson or someone else calling for sponsorship and said, you know, you guys really need to sponsor the whole series. And they ended up doing it, and they were more prevalent at the track and worked more around the track and did stuff more for the series than actually NASCAR did back in the day. Um, so, man, what a what a sponsor um, that you had for a long time, unfortunately. Um, got out of it, and sports move in a different direction from tobacco use and, and all of that, but they did wonders for the sport. Wonders yeah. and uh, well-deserved for Mr. Seagraves. Yep. Can't, couldn't get a better sponsor. And they, they, uh, they uh, helped NASCAR along the way. That's what, that's what built NASCAR uh, to what it is. And I still love the look of the old Winston cup trophy championship trophy. Yep. Man, that was something to covet. Yep, that gold, you know, with the red and white. Yep. And I, I look, I look down in my man cave and look around, and I and I can still see a lot of Winston stuff that's still that's still around. You know, that that's uh, yep. so the advertising from way back then, with all my stuff down in my man cave, there's still some Winston stuff 
that I that I can spot down here. Yeah, I mean, can't say enough about them really for mm. for their contribution to the sport. Yep. So. Um, so the last news thing I got is uh, I don't know if you heard about this, Mike, uh, Mark, but uh, Denny Hamlin and Corey LaJoy are still beefing, um, still going at it on Twitter and in their podcasts and all that. Um, they actually it got so bad that NASCAR had to pull them aside before the race on Sunday and make sure nothing was going to happen on track. Uh, it all started a few weeks ago or a few months ago when this iRacing thing started and somehow Corey made a comment and uh, Denny or a post and Denny commented on it saying, well, now you'll get your chance for money not to matter. And Corey had some good runs, um, had some bad luck as well. Denny of course ran well. Um, And it just continues to go on from there, you know, Corey recently posted a thing of his heart rate during the race and Denny commented and said, well, that's why we couldn't depend on you in the fourth quarter because his heart rate was pretty high and Denny's wasn't. So then Corey said, well, how about we switch rides and uh, spirals from there. And then uh, Corey is actually accusing uh, Denny of threatening to wreck him. And that's the rumor to where it got to the point of pulling him in the hauler. Denny is denying that, uh, but Corey's even saying that Hamlin texted his team, multiple people on his team saying, well, good job. Your, your stuff just got wrecked because of the stuff that's been going on. And so they, uh, they had some tense moments there in the NASCAR hauler and ended up settling, settling it, uh, or it's still going. Corey, Corey just released another podcast and still is not happy about the situation and still, feels like Denny is very sensitive and Denny thought Corey was taking shots at his driving and Corey claims I never even said half the stuff he's saying. So it's uh, just another, another thing to pay attention to here. And I guess the one thing I will say is I think Corey's doing a heck of a job with that team and keeping it, keeping it pretty good, had a heck of a run up in Martinsville, um, finished above Hamlin. So um, oh, that's It'll just be something to watch going forward, see what see what happens. But it sounds like there's some hurt feelings. Hamlin thought he was just picking on him, and Corey took it too seriously, and then Hamlin got hurt. So, just uh, just something to something to watch there. If you get some time, uh, NASCAR YouTube channel has the uh, Sunday Money, as they call it, which was actually Dale Earnhardt's boat's name. Um, Sunday Money podcast with Daryl Mott um, and Corey LaJoy and uh, two mm. two ladies on there. Maybe they need a time so uh, they need a timeout, right? <laughs> yeah, it'll you know it's something to watch going forward. You never know. So yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I also see that Road America is under consideration for a Cup race. There is some yes. Major, there is some major talk going on that maybe just maybe Road America could find their way onto the schedule next year. Yes, uh, saw that as well. Um, Adam Stern had posted something uh, about that. Uh, the Sports Business Journal, man, those guys do a great job there. Um, posted something about that, and uh, wouldn't that be cool? That would be so cool. Road America is one of the tracks that deserves it. Hopefully they can make it happen, um, and that would cool be cool to see the top level uh, here in Wisconsin. Wow. They'll pack the place. They'll show that Wisconsin will show the world – how much of a hotbed of racing that place would be a hot ticket to go down to road America to watch them uh, guys perform down there. Yes. That would be really cool. Absolutely. And I think they already show that when the, the Xfinity cars, the Indy cars come here. I mean, I think you get close to a hundred thousand fans, if not over uh, there for, for the Xfinity race and Indy car races. So, uh, it's got a lot of room to roam. It's a it's a great place. I remember you and I going for the first time, and I was unsure if I would care for road racing. And we sat in the action corner there, turn number five, and I loved it. They had a TV there, so if they weren't by, you could go see it. You can walk pretty much anywhere. Um, just a great facility, great facility. So that would be awesome. Yep, um, I, I do kind of. It is on the list that I'd like to go down there for the Xfinity race. 
Um, I'm off to off of work that weekend, and it's a possibility that I could end up finding my way going down there. I am. Uh, I have both the IndyCar doubleheader and the uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series on my schedule to to hopefully attend. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, they uh, man, one of the best facilities I've been to. Um, unbelievable, and it's nice that it's uh, only about an hour away. Yep. Yep. So that's something that's uh, going to be on the back burner. So, and uh, Hey, in the local racing scene, you know, we'll go and touch just a little bit on there before we leave. Did you see Derek Gress's wreck up at Marshfield? Yeah. Um, didn't see a video of it, but saw pictures. It tore down the fence, um, tore the car, all the pieces. Um, man, that was, uh, that was a heck of an incident. I'm glad to see that he's all right. But, uh, yeah, and we talk about the unfortunate side of racing, and, and there it shows again. You know, of all places like Marshfield, and, you know, we've been there uh, a few times, and my God, he took the whole fence down, you know, and uh, walked away from it, cars destroyed. Uh, none of the fans none of the fans got hit by any of the, the shrapnel or anything like that, but what a scary incident that I've seen up there from Marshfield, so. Um, good thing that Derek uh, came came all the way for uh, and that he's good from that incident. So you can always rebuild the car, you know. So, but uh, yeah, pretty scary what I saw up there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, Derek and I have touched base. I actually was in a an I race with him, and uh, him and I got talking, and he was excited to come here for the Tundra race and all that stuff. And um, yeah, good to see him and I have touched base a few times over the, the years and glad to see he's all right because you're right, it was uh, was pretty scared. Yeah, so that's why we pray first, right, buddy? We pray every time when we go to the races. So That's right. Yep, so we'll be praying again tomorrow night. We're going to go do some uh, – we're going to go do some more Thursday Night Thunder out at Kakana. Um, I see that yes, – uh, I see that uh, Chase isn't going to have no cars there this week. Uh, uh Johnson's not going to be able to make it. Um, so, and then the engine's uh, out for Gregorich. So there's going to be no 47 there this week. So that kind of opens up everything. And uh, I also uh, got information that they put applications for the Slinger Nationals. And the first person that put in put in to be at the race for the Nationals is Stephen Nassi, was the first person to enter this for the slinger nationals yeah he came up was it last year mark um struggled uh but uh yeah i saw that as well first first entrant there so uh looking forward to seeing what that list will look like usually it's pretty uh star star packed there so star studded field so let's uh let's see what happens there but uh like we mentioned previously in this podcast it's coming up quick here you know, remember Bubba Pollard? He came up here and he struggled. He couldn't get out of his own way. And then he came back the next year and he won it. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. so I, I expect the same thing out of uh, Nassie. You know, you, you get your taste of it the first year and then you know what to expect and then come back the second year. Um, I was down there last Sunday watching that um, Travis Dassau new car that was made uh, down there with Chase and Ch uh, Casey Johnson, that car was the best I've seen at Slinger in a long time. That car was a rocket. Um, I talked, I text Casey and we, we uh, text back and forth a little bit. And he said that he, that was a, that was a nice test session. He said, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I went down there and I, I put my finger on that car and I, and it just, I was like, Ooh, that's a hot car. And yeah, that was just a test session. And that's the best thing I've seen down in Slinger in a long time. Yeah, Travis Dassau uh, works on a few cars, and he started Apex Motorsports. And that uh, I saw the highlights from down there, and uh, that car was <laughs> on rails. That thing looked uh, that thing looked awesome. Yep. So that was that was a jaw dropper. There, just like look at that. That was uh, so that's something to look forward to the Nationals and uh, so. So other than that, uh, I'm going to go to Beaver Dam and go do some uh, dirt racing tomorrow night if we can hold up the weather. And then I'm going to go do a, uh, go back to Slinger on Sunday. And we'll see if uh, maybe we'll see a couple stragglers 
coming down and uh, trying to. I heard Johnny Sauter was supposed to be there again last Sunday, and he didn't show up again. Um, so maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe the third week will be a charm, and maybe he'll show up and see if he'll uh, give it a go since the trucks are off this weekend. So, so yep, going to keep supporting local racing here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, something that we're very passionate about. Uh, I work in. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we love the short track racing as well. We love, we love all racing, but uh, short track is uh, what we love. NASCAR we love. So um, yeah, it's shaping up to be a good season here. We're getting right into the thick of it. Yeah. I'm still sitting in the cockpit here at my eye racing here. So I'm still sitting here with a steering wheel in my hand, but uh, um, yeah, done for the week. Uh, I got everything that I needed to get done on eye racing. Um, things are a lot different on there. There's some different rule changes. Um, I noticed that uh, if you get caught speeding on or uh, um, come off of pit road um, illegally, they'll actually penalize you and you sit on pit road for a while. Like, really? I'm losing practice time here. I was getting frustrated, but I learned the hard way that they were going to absolutely uh, disqualify me if I did it again. So once when you go out and on any pit road infractions, they will uh, they'll penalize you and you have to sit for a while. So I thought, well, that's strange. So some, something different that I came across tonight. I did get a warning about something that I didn't see in the past, and I didn't think I crossed that line, but maybe that's what it was. Um, didn't cross the line. So, yeah, they're working on a on a bunch of stuff there. I mean, it's just it's getting better and better each time. Yep. I like my eye racing. <laughs> yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right, Mark. Well, uh, hey, thanks for joining me once again. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see everyone tomorrow night at Wisconsin International Raceway for a little bit of Thursday Night Thunder from the Fox River Racing Club. So hope to see everyone out there that can make it. And we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Weather looks good for tomorrow night. And we'll be racing uh, all over the place. So keep her going. So, yep, we'll see everybody out there tomorrow night. Awesome. Yep. Sounds good. All right. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow night there, buddy. Yep. See you, buddy. See you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget, you can follow Double uh, L Sports Network on Twitter and also on Facebook. We're starting to put um, some race recaps out there. We're getting other things started up here. Um, so make sure you follow that, and we'll be posting a, a bunch of stuff coming up here. So thanks, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya.